says I'm live. Let me check my phone. These are moments where I feel very old. <laughs> like I think a younger person would not have a problem with this. But um, it says one person's watching. That's a good sign, I think. I think maybe not. Oh goodness. Um, okay. Well, I see myself. All right. I think I'm actually live. Um, I'm going to check the comments. If somebody could make a comment and let me know this is working, that would be great. I see 10 minutes ago, someone made a comment, but that must be that I went on live for just a second and then it kicked me off. But I think I'm still on here. So anybody on Rumble can make a comment and let me know. That would be helpful. Um, okay, well, I'm going to go for it. Uh, so I'm excited about, um, what's going on in our world. I know that sounds crazy because, uh, there's just so much that is, um, continues to be chaotic and unclear. And, you know, you start feeling like you're crazy because, um, well, you continue to feel like you're crazy. I do at times because my spirit is telling me something so opposite than what I'm seeing, certainly than what I'm seeing in the news or the lack of what I'm seeing in the news. Um, but, you know, over the weekend, I took some time to go to some of the sources that we occasionally will go to um, online. And I've told you all those before. I'm not trying to highlight that right now. So I'm not even going to bring up what sources those are. You can do your own research. A lot of it is through Telegram and different people that we follow on there. And there's a couple of them that we feel like are, um, are truly connected to behind the scenes. What is, what is, what is being planned and, and, and what's happening actually. And one of those sources said, um, and it just really resonated with my spirit more than my mind, more than like something that I could prove to you guys. It just lined up with my spirit. And he said, you are about to be vindicated. And the things that, um, you know, the evil that is, that has moved forward um, without any resistance is about to be publicly dealt with. And he said, there is a storm that is coming and it's going to be difficult for a short time. But in, in my own words, he was basically saying it's going to be worth it. And, you know, at the same time that I feel like this little wave of fear, like, well, what is it? What's the storm? I also feel like, um, you know, we all know something is brewing, something is shifting, something is changing. And the God that I know, um, not know like familiarity, like, yeah, I'm just familiar with this part of God. No, it's like, like you've seen him, but you haven't seen him. You know, that, that awe, that inspiring part of him that just moves you in ways that you can't even put into words that God that I sense before me, that I, that I, that I fear in a healthy way, he is, um, he is doing something that we cannot even imagine right now. And so I, I, I want to shift and talk about, um, <laughs> If you ever watch anything on TikTok or on um, Instagram, then you've seen videos that people make um, and they they pick a short song and usually something that's really popular um, on that social media platform. And they will put, you know, pictures or a video to the song. So it's usually just a very short clip of a song. And this very short clip of the song, I've never heard the entire song. I don't know who it's by or 
um, what the song is actually about. But the clip that you hear over and over again is the words say, I get to love you. It's the best thing that I'll ever do. I get to love you. And oftentimes it'll be, you know, a parent with a newborn baby or um, their little one. And uh, just the privilege and the joy of getting to love this this person here. And um, I just felt the Lord. <laughs> I felt them singing it over me, honestly. And um, and then I just started kind of processing again the whole understanding of love and the effect that love has on fear. And I feel like it's so important, you know, today being a a pagan celebration. I don't know how you feel about that. There there have been different times in my life. I'm speaking of Halloween. There have been different times in my life where I have not felt any kind of conviction about like letting our girls go trick-or-treating or put on a costume. We even, when we were pastoring a church one year, yes, we were one of those churches that we had a, a costume party and it wasn't Halloween. We were trying to do something that was fun for the kids that they could do instead of participating in Halloween. Um, and, you know, there've been years where I just felt really strongly about not doing anything. And I feel like I've kind of come full circle because of all that we've been being exposed to about more history of, of, um, how evil has played such an intentional part of our history. And so I just, you know, I, there's a part of me now that I feel like, like repulsed by, um, and this is no judgment on any of you. Like I said, I've been in different places, different years, but just every time I see the decoration and, and, you know, the neighborhood that we live in and, and out places, and then, Yesterday, I heard part of the history, and I don't know if this is accurate or not, but I don't have any reason to believe it wouldn't be accurate. I can't remember the source, honestly, but um, it was that wh where did the idea of the carving a pumpkin come from? And it was back in the days of the Druids, and they, um, I didn't get the whole story. I shouldn't even be bringing it up because I don't have the whole story, but basically, families were targeted for child sacrifice and they would say, um, we will take all of your kids unless you give up some of your kids or one of your kids. And so every year in order to honor the children that had been taken and sacrificed the year before, the family would put out the number of carved pumpkins in front of their home that, you know, they're, they had given to be, to be sacrificed. And, um, you know, that's like, so not okay. And, and so I don't know if I can ever look at a, a carved pumpkin the same way again. Um, it, there's, there's a fascination that our generation has had with fear and these, you know, movies that started as thrillers. Like I remember when I was a little girl and, um, the babysitter who, <laughs> <clears throat> who would babysit us. She's just a teenage girl, but she would turn on the Friday night horror show. I can't remember what it was called, but I just remember being so scared. I mean, so scared. And, you know, out of, out of this time when movies started, we just started this fascination with being entertained with the feeling of fear. And, you know, scripture says that perfect love casts out fear. So in my equation here, you cannot have real love existing in the same place as fear. And, you know, we'll, we do the whole haunted house thing and, you know, put up scary decorations and, and we think it's cute and it's, you know, we, we're actually... We're actually being used by the enemy to um, indoctrinate our children into a culture of fear rather than a culture of love. And um, again, I'm not saying any of this for anyone to feel judgment. 
I have so much respect because my God does for people's process and where they are with things. My, my kids, they're all in different places with this, my own five kids. And I, you know, just love each one of them. It's some of them send me pictures and costumes and you know, it's cute. I I'm okay. I'm not just having a fit over here about it. I'm not trying to preach at them. I'm not trying to change anybody's mind on it. I just know what, where I've landed with it, but more importantly, those of us who, once you see something, you can't unsee it, right? And once you have revelation on something, you become a conduit for that revelation and no revelation, no truth from the throne of God, no truth from the heart of the father is just an island in itself. It's not just a fact that sits out there. I mean, it could be, but it's so much more than that. It, it, it's alive. Everything that comes from him is alive. It, it reverberates. It continues to have impact. And so when God gives you or me a revelation of himself or of something related to anything and, and related to evil, when we have that revelation, we get to be a conduit of it into even the spirit realm. So it's not, I'm, I'm not trying to arm anyone to get out there and tell your family what they're doing wrong or your neighbors what they're doing wrong or to even have judgment when you see these things in other people, but simply to displace the fear with love, displace the broken culture with the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the healed culture. It is, it is our culture at its best. It's literally heaven coming to earth. And so what do we do in the face of this atmosphere, this environment, this fascination with fear? And even just, you know, there's an understanding people that are in the occult, they, they've written books, they've told us, they've made it clear that this is a holiday that um, is part of their rituals. There's no, there's no joking around about that. And yet we do, our culture does. Um, and so I think that the best thing that we can do in the face of fear, however it shows itself up as in a holiday like this, or when an individual person is experiencing in, in their life or in a situation, fear and everything in between, all expressions of fear are dealt with in the simplicity of love. And I say this all the time, but, you know, we cannot give away what we don't have. If we are in fear ourselves, or if we are a conduit for fear by participating in and aligning ourselves with it, like this year, I, last year we were new in our neighborhood. And I was like, I don't want to be that family that, you know, the kids think what's wrong with them. You know, they got they won't have any candy out for me. So I put candy out. I, I just left it out on the porch. You know, I can't even do that this year. I'm like, I can't even put a penny towards this. I'm not buying. I'm not buying into this. I'm not going to spend money on something and provide something that I cannot. Um, I cannot agree with. I can't align the whole of who I am with. And I think Maybe that shows growth. Maybe that shows that I'm becoming a more whole person because I want all of me to reflect whatever I'm, I'm, I'm moving forward into. Anyway, um, y'all know I'm such an external processor. I <laughs> just let it all out here. What I want to do with you today is just, first of all, um, speak the love of the father over you, over myself. And I want to just allow ourselves to be portals of heaven today where we are so filled to overflowing with the love that our God has for us that we can spill that love over in the face of fear today and in the days and weeks and months to come. There is an overall, um, I, I will say this, I feel this in my spirit, that today is 
a Halloween like no other Halloween we've ever had before. I personally sense that it is from the enemy's side. His strategy is to open a door to fear in a way or in a in a capacity that hasn't been opened in our in the earth and in our culture at least in our lifetime and i i sense that the enemy wants to this to be a kickoff for uh, a greater environment of fear that that will be no joke and you know, the reality is, is we can go through difficult things in our nations and not be consumed by fear and not um, allow ourselves to be in alignment with that fear. And if this, if that is true, and this is a kickoff day for that, then this is a kickoff day for us. And it is a, it is a time where we put a stake in the ground and we say, not on our watch, Love is uh, what will reign in our nation and my nation, whatever nation you're in right now. Love is what will um, will stand the test of time and will take us through whatever uh, season this is opening up. I know I'm being vague, but that's just I, I, it. That's how I sense it. It's pretty vague to me too, but it's just more of an overall sense. Um, okay, so back to that song, I Get to Love You. I think it's the cutest um, cutest lyrics on, on the surface. You know, I, I think about my own kids and my husband and just what a privilege it is that I get to be the one to love them. And I, I feel that from my own family back to myself. I feel it from my parents. And, um, and I felt the Lord wanting to invite us into like opening up that way of thinking beyond just the ones close to us and beyond even just us and him. He says, I get to love you. And he really means it. It's not, it's not a, it's not a trite statement for him. Here's proof. Everything is going to end and then begin with a marriage. I mean, of all the stories that God could be telling, of all the ways that he could be telling the story that he's telling, he chose for this to all be a picture, a reflection of a bride and her groom and him coming for her. And, and we know that in heaven there will be a marriage celebration, a marriage feast of, of Jesus and his bride. And that's obviously you and me, all sons and daughters who, who choose him. <clears throat> and, you know, he could have, he, he could have said it would end with some epic battle scene and then a king, you know, storming the mountain and putting his flag at the top. You know, there's so many analogies he could have used. And this isn't even an analogy. This is like a real there's going to be a real marriage with a real celebration. It's a love story. And a marriage um, is not just, you know, that's not where life ends for us. A marriage is a beginning. So it will mark the beginning of, of it will mark the beginning of the end of time and the beginning of all of eternity with the one who absolutely loves us who absolutely loves you, who absolutely loves the very, very broken people that we are surrounded by <clears throat> in our nations. And, um, and we get to love him back. And what's the best way to love him is be a conduit for who he is and how he is to everyone around us. And so I want to get so full and refilled with his love today that that's what spills over. When I'm, when I'm looking at someone in front of me, whether it's looking at my husband in the eyes or looking at my children and the choices that they make 
or looking at the cashier at the grocery store when I have that brief moment of, you know, paying for my groceries. Um, you know, who, whoever I'm interacting with, I want that, that pervasive feeling, what they're drawing out of me because it's there. I get to love you. I get to love you. I get to love you. It's a huge statement. I mean, there's so much wrapped up in that. We can't not get into a little bit of scripture. So from the Passion Translation, I want to remind us, first of all, what real love looks like. And, you know, 1 Corinthians 13 is just the best place to go for that. Excuse me. Um, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4 new spin on it um, because it just gives us a new perspective of a familiar scripture. Uh, but usually it starts, love is patient, love is kind, all of that. Here we go. Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. Love does not brag about one's achievements nor inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect, nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter, for it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. Love never stops loving. It extends beyond the gift of prophecy, which eventually fades away. It's more enduring than tongues, which will one day fall silent. Love remains long after words of knowledge are forgotten. Our present knowledge and our prophecies are but partial, but when love's perfection arrives, the partial will fade away. When I was a child, I spoke about childish matters, for I saw things like a child and reasoned like a child. But the day came when I matured and I set aside my childish ways. Um, for now we see but a faint reflection of riddles and mysteries as though, as though reflected in a mirror, but one day we will see face to face. My understanding is incomplete now, but one day I will understand everything just as everything about me has been fully understood. Goodness, that's like. That'll make you feel loved right there. Everything about you has already been completely understood by your papa. Until then, there are three things that remain. Faith, hope, and love. Yet, love surpasses them all. So, above all else, let love be the beautiful prize for which you run. You know, there's several ways to see the scripture. And um, I, my mom um, used to make my sister and I go and read this verse, these verses out loud to each other when we were in an argument, which I think was brilliant. Um, but I know because of that, you can actually use scripture against someone else. Love is patient. <laughs> anyway, but it's meant for us to understand the love that we've been given and the love that um, we are invited to be conduits of. So it's not meant to be, by its very definition, it's not meant to be something that um, we use against each other and certainly not used against yourself where you are like, yeah, I'm a loser. I'm not even close to any of this. Um, no, this is the love that God has for you and for me. And this is the love that we are letting in. And it's so, um, I think this is one of the scriptures that's so important to, uh, memorize 
you can memorize whatever version you wanted. I like the the New King James just because it's so like simple and classic. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. You know, there's um, those come back to you and the Holy Spirit reminds you of those in key moments when it's hard to love. Um, one of the things that I've realized that helps to be a conduit of this perfect kind of love um, not that we'll ever get it perfectly right, but conduit of love versus a conduit of fear is to recognize when it's hard to love, when it's hard to be loving, to be patient, to be kind, to not be envious, all the, the, the nuanced description of love. When it's hard, it's because fear is there somewhere. And if you can speak to that fear in someone else or speak to that fear within yourself by saying, Holy Spirit, I must have some fear in here because I'm having a hard time loving. And the Holy Spirit will be faithful to show you where that fear is. What is it, what bottom line, what's the root fear? And then ask the father to deal with that root fear. And sometimes it's just as simple as, um, you know, speaking the truth out loud about whatever that fear is. Um, here's an analogy or example, you know, you're driving in your car and somebody cuts you off and it, you know, your adrenaline spikes because you felt like you were going to wreck. Okay. So fear comes in all of a sudden. And so in that moment, you hate somebody and you don't even know them, right? You don't even know that person that's in that car that cut you off and you don't know their backstory. You don't know if it's, you know, whatever their driving history is. I don't know. But in that place of fear, if, if it doesn't scare you, you're, you're probably less likely to like be angry in that moment and want to lash out and say things or do things. And so that's just an example. It looks a little more, um, you know, not, not as straightforward when you're in a conversation with someone close to you and you're just, you know, being mean to them. Like, why are you being mean to them? Well, there's something you're afraid of in that moment. Love is not flowing because fear is there. So how do we take that and apply it to the bigger picture right now? So we've been talking about what that feels like, looks like individually in the bigger picture of what we're facing as um, a nation and, and your nation uh, when, when fear, we need to be so sensitive, the Holy spirit that, that we notice the moment fear starts creeping in and love is being pushed back. Perfect love casts out all fear. Then fear has the capacity to push back love. So if we notice when it's happening, then we can actually do something about it and we can align ourselves with the truth. And truth is always the antidote for fear. Truth is always the antidote for fear. And so what's, what's the truth about whatever it is you're afraid of? Sometimes we actually need to parent ourselves through it so that we can parent someone else through it. And I say parent, not as in like a negative way, but like um, or you could say coaching, you know, we coach ourselves through it so that we can coach others through it. So um, fear also has, and I believe love does as well, fear has a trigger mechanism in our physical body. And when that cascade begins in our body, it's super hard to reverse it because um, it, it releases certain chemicals, hormones, and then you're in that whole fight or flight thing, um, which is hard to reverse, but it is reversible when you speak the truth out loud. It registers in your brain and you may need this tool in the days to come. If something triggers you and you feel that fear rush in and you feel your body respond, speak the truth out loud. You are okay. God's got this. God's got you. This is a moment. This is not forever. You don't have to do anything other than obey the Lord. And you are capable of hearing from the Lord right now. 
And you don't have to do more or less than what he's telling you to do. And you get to love. You get to love. You get to love him. You get to be loved by him. You get to love him and you get to love others around you. So the question then becomes not how to survive, not how to make sure you're okay, but the question becomes how do I love right now? What does love look like coming through me right now? Does it mean being generous with things that I have plenty of? Does it mean, um, you know, just holding someone? Does it mean just speaking peace over the people around you? They may not even need to hear you speak it, but just you being that pillar and that, that, that portal of peace and love from heaven to earth into the environment around you. Don't underestimate the power of bringing heaven to earth in the spirit realm around you. But then put action to it. If Holy Spirit shows you how to put action to that, don't, don't keep it just a spiritual thing. Move into an actual expression of it. What does love look like coming through you? So today we are choosing love in the face of fear. We are choosing a culture of love in the face of a fascination and a culture um, that currently today is focused on fear. Um, I want to um, pray with you. And I want to, as part of that prayer, read over you this. We I did this little booklet um, years ago. I don't have any more of these. I do want to I do want to put this out in a book one day, like a little coffee table book or something. But it's a very simple prayer that the Lord gave me one day. And I put it in this booklet. Somebody else actually did it for me for a women's retreat we were having. But it's not just for women. This is for anyone. This is the heart of our Father and His love for you today. And um, again, just hear Him saying over you today, I get to love you. It's the best thing that He'll ever do. This is what this has all been about. All these thousands of years, His patience has all been about the fact, the reality that He gets to love you. He gets to love me. That's His heart towards his creation. And um, so we just, we let that love in today, Father. Thank you that you're teaching us how to do that. And each one of us right now, where we are, wherever we're listening to this, whatever day it is, whether it's Halloween or it's we've moved on and you're listening to this another day, in this um, culture of, of fear, this fascination that so many have with fear, we, we say mercy, Lord. We ask that you're, you not um, hold it against them. We know that your heart, Jesus, even on the cross was forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. And God, you know more than we even know how much we do not know what we're doing. We have aligned ourselves as a generation with something that we have thought was harmless. We've thought is an expression of love to like tolerate and, oh goodness, you know, God. But in that place, you sit next to the Father, the only true righteous judge, and you say, mercy, Father, mercy, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And how can we not reflect your heart in the same way? And even today in this, um, in this day that is a, a pagan ritualistic holiday, we say, forgive us. We don't know what we're doing. Forgive us, Father. We stand in the gap. We stand in this place of our neighbors, our friends, our churches, our, um, our, 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 our stores, the places that we do life, we don't know what we're doing. And for those, God, who do know what they're doing, we just say no to every expression of evil, every plan, intentional, strategic plan of the enemy. And we hold up the name and the blood of Jesus. And we speak your protection, Father, over our family members, over our, um, our 
neighborhoods, our communities, everywhere that we have wrongly aligned with the spirit of fear and the demonic realm, we say no with the authority that you've given us. We say no to every plan of the enemy. We thank you for your forgiveness, Father. We thank you for your love that conquers and displaces all fear. We pray for this young generation, God, that um, are being taught this fascination with fear. And we ask that you would guard their hearts, protect their hearts, and teach them, open their eyes, let them let them experience God in something that seems so harmless. Let, let something in them awaken to the reality of this is real. There is a real spirit realm and there is a real God and, um, and how much you love them, God. And so we thank you for the privilege of getting to stand in the gap today. And, um, we thank you for your love that, that comes through us to the world around us. We receive your love right now. I receive your love. Every place in, in me, in my heart, in my life, in my physical body that needs fear and the effects of fear to be dealt with, I just open up to you right now. And I let love, that the power that is in your love have its effect in, in me right now, in my body, in my mind, in my spirit. I pray that for everyone that is um, on here with me. We thank you for your love. Thank you that we get to love you back with the same love you've given us. We get to love you. It's the best thing that we'll ever do. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to read this over you. So just let love hit its mark in you today. I heard him say, tell them their value and who they are to me. You are my son. You are my daughter. I love you. You belong to me. And what delight I have that you're mine. What delight you give me when you know that you're mine. You are hidden in me and nothing can take you from my hand. Nothing can divert my gaze from being on you. It always has been and always will be today and tomorrow and through every night. You are always in my sight. I am yours. I am in you. I hold you together in the very structure of who you are. I hold you. I surround you. You have access to all of who I am from close, from within you. I am behind every breath and every beat of your heart. I know you in ways you can't even imagine or understand. I know everything about you. What makes you, you. I know your every thought, word, choice, and action. I know you so well that I know what you will do and the choices you will make before you make them. Because I know how you are made. I know what you've been through. I know how you've processed things. And you don't overwhelm me. And I am never discouraged when I think of you. I know you and I love you. I am easily able to enjoy you like you are right now. You are the one that I've chosen before I set time into motion. I chose you to live now. I chose you to come alive to the reality of who I am in this time in history, I chose you because I wanted you to know me like I know you. I wanted you to discover in a way that you will know for all of eternity 
that I value you. I wanted you to discover that I want you. You matter. You have significance because I made you. Because you're my son. Because you're my daughter. I want you near me with nothing between us. Jesus, his perfection was enough to tear down anything that would ever keep us apart. Because of your great value to me, I sent my very best just for you. Before time, I created you perfect and blameless, enough to fill my heart with joy forever. And what was stolen from you and from us has already been restored. I look at you and see you as I made you perfect. You don't disappoint me. You thrill my heart with one look my way. I am for you. I was for you before you were born. I was for you in the midst of the lies of your circumstances and tragedies and crisis. I was for you in your worst moments so far. I was for you yesterday and I will be for you tomorrow. I will be for you every moment you have yet to experience. I'm already there waiting for you, waiting to show you who I am and how much I care. You must look for me. I'll be the one who is for you. I will be the one with the answers you're looking for, the peace you're craving, the love you're needing. I will be the one cheering for you. I will be the one speaking life to sustain you and comfort you. I will be the voice of truth. So listen for me. I will be the proud papa waiting for you to come home to, always ready to process with. The one with the satisfied look on my face, full of pride in who you are because you are mine. I tell you now and every day, if you'll hear me, you are of immeasurable worth to me. You have value beyond your comprehension. Anything that tells you otherwise is a lie from our enemy. You matter. I've given you important things to say and important things to do because you are important. So say them and do them boldly and in confidence as one who is valued, loved, and important because you are. Do them with me and through me because all I've ever really wanted was to be close to you and us know each other face to face. In me, you can do anything. You can get through anything. You can be as important as I created you to be. I value you so much that I want you to represent me. Show them who you know me to be. You can know me. You already do more than you think you do. You've seen me. You have known me and you can know me in an ever-increasing way. Discover me again today. Look for me and care about what I care about. Look for me and care about what I care about. Know me. Know that I love you. No one could love you more than I do right now. Let that just settle in on your heart, on your body, on your mind. No one... Nothing you fantasize about, nothing you long for. No one could ever love you more than he does right now. You already have it. You already have it. You have access to everything your heart is longing for, craving, needing. Maybe you haven't even been still enough to notice that ache. But we just let your love, Father, just settle in on those places of longing and aching. We let the fullness of who you are and your love for us just steady us, 
fill us up. We want to be able to look at every person that we see and interact with and look into their eyes and that thing in our hearts reflect that thing in your hearts that says, I get to love you. It's the best thing. No matter what mess we're looking at, no matter what brokenness we're looking at, I get to love you. This is the love we've been given. This is the love we get to pour out. And it's powerful and it displaces all fear. This love is so full of power that it is light. And it is light that displaces darkness. And it just is. It's simple. It's just always on. It's always bright. It's kind. It's patient. It looks like something. It feels like something. It makes a difference. In the little ways and in the big ways, it, it changes what it touches. It flows. It flows. It flows from you. We feel the flow and we stand under the flow. And we just open ourselves that we would be people that it flows through. Thank you. Thank you for this love. And thank you for the privilege of being conduits of it. In this day, in this time. In the face of fear, in the face of darkness. We get to love you and we get to love all of your sons and your daughters and so many that don't yet know that they're yours and you long like the perfect father, you long for them to experience your love and what an honor that we could be ones that that comes through. Forgive us for um, not being conduits of this love. Forgive us for the offenses that we've held that have created that dam in us that just holds it back and withholds our love and, and, and connects the love that we give to performance and the love that we give to, to earning and shame and, and, and all of it, God. We want our children, our spouses, our families, to feel your love through us. How could we give anything less than what you've given for us? We want the world around us to experience this love too, God. Show us, each one of us, what does love look like today? Moment by moment, person by person, what does love look like coming out of me? And we, we love the excuse to lean on you, Holy Spirit, and be led by you. We refuse to be led, even in our love, by religion, by performance, by a to-do, a task. It's not that. It's a person. It's you. It's who and what you are. And God, to the degree that we have each been used, because we all have, to, um, to impact another person's heart or life through fear and choices we've made from places of fear, we ask that you would not only forgive us, but that you would allow us the privilege of having seven times that influence of love coming through that it would we would in our lifetime see the redemption of where we've affected people with fear let all the more our lives affect with the love that flows through us and from us it's all from you and it all goes back to you 
you are worthy. You are worthy of this kind of love that you have given us. You are worthy to receive this love back. We can't wait for this, this marriage supper of the Lamb. We can't wait for the, the celebration that we will each be a part of. Prepare us moment by moment until that time. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this has been good, I think. I hope it's been a good time for you and the Lord. Um, thanks for joining me. And uh, every now and then I'll do these live um, when I don't have the opportunity. Like last week we had our um, board meetings and people that we love in town. And so we didn't get to get in our studio space and pre-record. Um, so we probably will this week for, for next Monday. But um, thanks for being patient. Those of you that have been on this Choose Love journey with me for a, a couple of years, you know, like I've done all kinds of different things. We did it live every day on video. Then I switched to texting the audio and now I haven't really been doing that the last few weeks. I'm going to keep that though, because you never know. I'm, I'm pretty, uh, you know, spontaneous with these things. So I love you guys. And, um, it's going to be an incredible week. Just continue to, to remember who you are. You are an ambassador of all things kingdom. You are an ambassador of all things kingdom. We do not align ourselves with this, uh, the effects of broken culture, because we already live seated next to Jesus in the heavenlies. And from that place, we can access everything that we need, those kingdom values, those kingdom commodities of trust and love and peace and joy, faith, all of it. All right. That's who we are. All right. See you. Um, next time. You know, Johnny will be on Elijah Streams at one o'clock central time this afternoon. He's got some good stuff. He's cooking up for you guys. The Lord's cooking up for you guys. So he will see you then. <laughs>